Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Kevin Vasconi. Kevin's the Chief Information Officer of Wendy's, a quick serve restaurant company based in Columbus, Ohio, with roughly 7,000 restaurants worldwide. Kevin joined Wendy's roughly two years ago, and since then has helped the company define a new global restaurant design standard referred to as Global Next Gen. I look forward to hearing more about what that entails. We will also cover his collaboration with colleagues, franchisees, and customers to enhance the experience of each digitally, among other topics. Kevin joined Wendy's from Domino's, where he was the Global Chief Information Officer for nearly nine years. These are two of four global CIO roles he's had in his career. Kevin, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here. But first, a quick word from our sponsor, Cisco, and the company's Senior Vice President and General Manager of Global Customer Experience, Damaya Subaya. As customer expectations evolve, Thamaya wanted to take a moment to share how companies can stay ahead of these shifting expectations and make informed decisions on the future of work. Thamaya, over to you. Hello everyone, this is Thamaya Subaya, SVP and GM of Global Customer Experience for Cisco. Businesses have had to make a dramatic shift to align to the rise in customer expectations, especially in this new hybrid work landscape. Work is a product of people, technology, and places and a perception of the future of work is constantly being reshaped. Cisco CX helps you make those informed decisions as customer experience continues to evolve. And hybrid work helps you support that evolution. It's here and it's here to stay. Just search for Cisco CX to learn more. And now on to our broadcast. Yeah, well, Kevin, let's let's begin with your role. You are the Chief Information Officer of Wendy's, a role you've had for about two years now. And I, I wondered if you could take a quick moment and just provide a bit of context as to what the CIO role at Wendy's entails. What's uh, what's within your purview, please? Yeah, no, I'm glad. Uh, you know, I know it's a little different at every company. Um, it seems like if it has a chip in it, um, I'm pretty much responsible for it, you know, And but just about everything has a chip today. But I think, you know, all the traditional um, CIO responsibilities um, around enterprise systems, um, office automation, uh, uh, productivity tools. Um, to our store level systems, we have uh, quite a few stores, as you can imagine, and, and the technology stack in the store is actually quite sophisticated. Um, and also our, all of our e-commerce platforms, uh, which includes you know, our, our, uh, our various ways to order, and then the data machine that kind of drives uh, everything behind it. So. It's a pretty broad job um, in terms of there's a lot going on, but I think at most modern companies, you know, the CIO uh, maybe uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago was kind of back office guy into now, you know, today every company is a technology company. So you, we, we all have these really broad jobs. And quite honestly, I love it. I wouldn't have any other way. It's a great description. I, 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 I echo that sentiment in terms of the evolution of the role. And great yeah. to hear that yours is one that is that evolved role that has uh, has that broader broader set of responsibilities. Talk a bit about, I mentioned you joined roughly two years ago. Talk a bit, if you would, uh, Kevin, about the company you found and the tech landscape you found at that time. I'd be interested to understand what foundation was there uh, that you've been building upon. Sure. Yeah, th- this was, uh, you know, I, this is not the, not the first job I had. Um, but uh, this one was unique for me for in, a, in a couple of ways. One of them is I joined in the middle of a pandemic, uh, right? And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, and hopefully we don't ha- ever have another pandemic. But a lot of people like myself, you know, did join companies in the middle of a pandemic. So I think that in and of itself was a very, uh, very unique experience, um, a very um, 
interesting experience from um, um, I used to be much more uh, had to be in the office all the time guy to a guy who couldn't be in the office. Right. So how do you how do you make this work? And, uh, you know, for us technologists like you and I, the, the fact that, you know, video conferencing went from a, a kind of a necessary evil to, hey, we got to we got to make this stuff work every day. Um, in terms of what I found, you know, I, I came because of the culture and the brand, I, I believe, uh, very, very strongly in strong brands. Um, I love technology. Uh, that's all I've ever done. That's all I ever want to do. Um, but I will tell you, you know, the greatest technology in, in the world can't sell a bad product. Um, so uh, I'm also a product guy. I absolutely positively believe if you've got a strong, really strong product and a strong brand, uh, technology is the force multiplier on top of that. And, you know, I looked at, at Wendy, so who, you know, I joined, as I said, in the pandemic, who was experiencing this pretty uh, significant shift in consumer behavior because of the pandemic, as, as everybody did, right? It affected all of us in a different way. Um, but, you know, for the, for the Wendy's company, that shift was closing dining rooms, um, and really trying to leverage the digital assets uh, because that's how the consumer wanted to interact with us. So for me, I think I joined at the perfect time um, to kind of catch this wave of uh, how the consumer was changing, really kind of dig in and, and help the Wendy's company really embrace that change um, and then hopefully take it to the next level because uh, I personally um think these consumer behaviors. And every time we go through this kind of sea change event, um, and, and some of them are positive and some of them are negative, I think the consumer behavior stays changed. Uh, it may not stay 100% changed, but it never comes all the way back to where we were. And so I look at our consumer today as, as to me, uh, a pretty radically different consumer um, than we had three years ago. And I think uh, you know the companies that figure that out and embrace that um, and then take it to the next level or the companies that are going to really be successful. Um, so that, that's kind of that, that's kind of what I found is this, is is a company really embracing um, the change in consumer behavior and, and having this um, thirst or desire to go figure it out, you know, which is which is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it certainly sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of room for innovation as a result of that as well. I, it, Kevin, talk a bit about. As you were learning about the evolving needs and and safety concerns and all sorts of things that became relevant during the the pandemic, talk about how digital became a um, a, a source of innovation, a source of different interaction with, uh, as well as delivery to uh, to your customers among a variety of ways in which digital was playing and a, a significant um, you know impactful. Uh, you know, a, a source of value for the organization or for its customers. What, what were some, what are some things that are top of mind there? Yeah, no, um, uh, definitely transformational, uh, without a doubt. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it kind of goes back to about how we started the conversation. You know, uh, with uh, video conferencing going from something we only did when we had to to you know now we have to do it all the time. Look, our, our consumers clearly spoke to us and said we want a digital experience. Uh, we want to be able to interact with the company um, in a way that has less friction, um, that is seamless and and quick and intuitive. And oh, by the way, you know, I have a I have one of these, and everybody in my family. It's a little blurry there. It's a cell phone, obviously. Uh, 
everybody in my family has one of these. So why don't you use that to talk to me? Uh, because that would be a pretty, pretty common way to do it. And I think um, we've really been able to take advantage of that. But the one thing, if I could take a slight step back, Peter, is the other thing I think Wendy's has done um, during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, and I think going into the future is, is take a step back and say, it's not just about technology. It's not just about the digital experience. It's a holistic experience. Because if we get digital right and you go into our store and you have a bad experience uh, picking up your digital order, or if we get digital right and the third party delivery aggregator messes up your order or they mess it up because we messed it up, that's not a good experience. If our food doesn't travel well, that's not a good experience for you, right? If we if we have, have delivery times that are, you know, an hour from when you order, which we don't, but if we did, that'd be terrible. And so we, we really took um, and are taking um, this holistic view that says, yeah, we need a first rate digital experience. We need a first rate delivery experience. We need to make sure that the technology delivers um, the value that the customer wants, but the food's still gotta be good. The food's still gotta be fresh. And it's still got to be, you know, a value. And uh, one of the things we did had nothing to do with technology. One of the things that uh, for most of our competitors doesn't travel really well for delivery, because delivery is a big part of our business now. It wasn't, didn't used to be a big part of our business pre-COVID, is French fries. French fries out of the, you know, when you get a French fry out of the fryer in the store, literally, uh, it's probably one of the best experiences you have. I mean, a French, French fry is a pretty good experience. They don't travel really well. You know, and uh, if you start to take on a significant part of your business to be delivery, you want to have that experience. We actually uh, changed the recipe on our French fry so that we could deliver hot, consistently hot, and a fry that stays hot longer and stays crispy and doesn't get soggy. We spent a lot of time doing that. And, and the reason I bring it up is while my team was working on the digital experience, we had, you know, our, our innovation, our food, our culinary team working on, well, how do we get a French fry that's going to deliver well, right? And you bring those two things together. You bring together a, a, a very good digital experience. You bring together a delivery experience. And then you bring together an experience that keeps the food at the quality that people used to get when they went through the drive through And then all of a sudden, you've got a, a very holistic approach to the consumer, and we have tried to do that, and we try to do that and make that permeate through all of our experiences, even if it's a traditional, hey, I'm going to walk into a, a Wendy's, and I want to walk up to the cash register, and I'm going to pay cash, and I'm going to get my food. We still want that to be the best experience and the best experience compared to any of our competitors. That's a it's a great overview, and and um, I, I'd love to ask you more about some of what you're doing that's that uh, operates under the rubric of global next gen. This is a recent yeah, yeah. Uh, announcement from Wendy's, and you're already beginning to allude to some of the things that uh, uh, that that are that are under that umbrella. But talk a bit about your vision there, and some of the exciting things that Wendy's consumers will begin to experience as a result of of this vision. Yeah. It- Yes, Peter. I, I think that that's a that's a great um, segue into um, we take this holistic experience to the next level in in how we're going to design uh, our next store images, right? And that's what you're referring to. We call it global future forward design. It's really store of the future, right? And when you look at the store of the future project we had, it is about 
the consumer experience. It's about the operator's experience in the store. It's about the technology that supports that, right? It's a it's 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 it, it is a very holistic approach that said, hey, um, as our consumer preferences begin to change, if you could do it all over again, how would you build a Wendy's that would really make the customer happy? How would you build a Wendy's that would have the best customer experience? So there's a big element of technology to that. As I said, there's a lot of technology in our stores. But you can also do things like um, because we want to continue to support our customers who want to order digitally and come and pick up their food, um, there's a very clear design on how to do that, how to make that work for the consumer. And the same thing, quite honestly, as we as we continue to grow our delivery business and we use a lot of third party um, delivery aggregators, right? We don't want them going through the drive through, right? The drive-through is for a customer who's not getting food delivered. But during the height of COVID, everybody was sending those drivers uh, through the drive-through because there really was no other way to do it. This new store design has a very specific parking spots. It has a place for the delivery aggregators to go pick up their food. The food's clearly marked. I mean, it is such an improvement in the experience. Um, and if you think about, um, again, one of our passions is speed. If you think about it, every time we can shave a couple of seconds off of that experience, that food is is hotter and fresher by the time it gets to the consumer. It's just a better consumer experience, right? And so we feel really good about that. We feel really good, good about the design. And then um, if you look at the nuts and bolts of the technology underneath it, um, it really is architected for the future. Uh, uh, you, you and I have had some some offline conversations. You know, I'm tremendously passionate about AI. I'm tremendously passionate about uh, machine learning and vision, and uh, that's compute intensive. Let's be honest, right? I mean, you, you're not doing it with with your old desktop PC or your laptop, right? There's there's a lot of computational stuff that has to go on there. So, um, in our partnership with Google, right, we've really embraced uh, uh, not only the Google platform around conversational AI. Uh, Envision and ML, but also some of their their uh, edge computing platforms. Uh, I think they brand it under the name Anthos, right? Because we've got to get to the edge computing to do some of this compute uh, that we want to, at least to do it in a timely fashion that delivers a good customer experience. That's a, a, another great overview. I really appreciate that. It brings to mind, Kevin, the first time I, I knew of you before I got to know you, uh, you were at Domino's where you were for nearly nine years. And I was a great admirer uh, of the way in which you designed uh, a digital experience that centered around the way the customer wished to interact with the company. Whereas for so long, it would always, it often seemed like the reverse. You, you operate you consumer operate the way we, the company, wish to uh, wish to do things because it's easiest for us. And I, I was a great, I, I, just some phenomenal stories in terms of the innovation that was driven by you and your team and your colleagues uh, sure. and other parts of that organization. And I wonder, you know, as your insights around that have evolved, you talked a bit about your interactions with customers, the application of new ideas uh, to the Wendy's consumer and so forth. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about that philosophical point as somebody who I think was a pioneer uh, in this, this way of thinking as to you know how to understand uh, what works best for each individual and, and personalizing as best as one can the experience down to the individual level. Yeah, I um, don't know if I was a pioneer, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I was along for the journey. And it, as you know, Peter, it, it it's a team effort across the board. But 
I mean, I think you did hit on uh, a basic philosophical tenet for me that, that I've used, I think, uh, at virtually every technology job I've had is I think you always have to put the consumer first. Um, and the the easy part for me is I'm a consumer, too. Right. And uh, and, I, you know, the old phrase, I eat a lot of my own dog food. I, I eat a lot of pizza. I eat a lot of Wendy's. Uh, and, you know, so so, you know what a good consumer experience is. But the thing I think that you alluded to, which is the the key to a, a really consumer forward or consumer friendly strategy is, look, at the end of the day, the consumer wants choice and the consumer doesn't behave the same way every day at every time of the day. And you have to recognize that. And I think you just embrace it. Right. And if you look at. um uh, day parts, if, you, if we want to talk about the food industry, but we can talk about any industry you want, right? What you order for lunch is different than what you order for dinner, and it's different from what you order for late night. And if you're at your kid's soccer game, your order is going to be radically different than if it, you know, you're working late at the office, right? And if you think about that's how the consumer's life really is, because that's your life and my life, then you start to think about, well, how do I design experiences that no matter what that consumer is doing, they have the best experience with my company? And so it takes two dimensions to me. One of the dimensions it takes to me is let them order any way the hell they want, right? I mean, seriously, to your point, why, why do we dictate to the consumer how they want to do business with us, especially in a digital world, right? It seems doesn't seem very uh, customer-centric, doesn't seem very customer-friendly to me. And so, so I'm I'm a huge proponent of let the customer choose how they want to communicate to us. And then I think the if you just double click on that or, or peel back just a little bit, then you have to actually look at the the UI or the the UX, the consumer experience, right? Because just because you're letting them order on the device they want to order, it still has to be the right experience for them. And, and I look at that in two really broad categories. One of them is speed and convenience. And the other one is uh, probably an extrapolation on choice, right? Look, they call it quick service restaurants for a reason, right? <laughs> now, if you go into a QSR restaurant, you want your food quick, right? You want good service and you want it quick, right? So you don't want an application that's got 72 steps in it and and you got to put in your loyalty number and, you know, and, and triple verify your credit card. You want it to be a relatively quick experience as long as it's safe, right? So I think speed and, and convenience and, and the perception of you're not wasting the consumer's time as you're taking through the journey, right, is, is also important. The other side of it is sometimes, um, especially if uh, you're entertaining or you're ordering uh, food for a group of people, you want to have full access to the menu. You want to have suggestions. You want to know, hey, could I save a little bit of money if I if I bundle this offer differently? And the interesting thing for me is, you know, it sounds like like a two by two matrix, but it's not, right? I mean, because depending on what part of the time of the day it is, depending on what your ordering device is, depending on what the occasion is, there's all this complexity that's built into that. And I think the companies that acknowledge that and really try um, to build a strong consumer experience around that are always going to dominate. And and of course, um, data drives all of that, right? 
um, you know, it, it's it, the 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 smarter you can be about how to use data to make those experiences better. Uh, in my opinion, the more successful we'll all be. Yeah, great, great points. And 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 uh, you know, you, you're right. Innovation is a team sport, as you say. It requires a lot of different collaborations. I want to get into a different collaboration, the ones we've described, and that's with franchisees. Um, you know, yours is a business where you've got uh, uh, levels or layers of constituents that you need to bear in mind and whose experiences you need to, uh, you know, you need, you need to influence, but also be influenced by. And right. talk, talk a bit about that, that relationship with the franchisees and that influence that they have as you contemplate your roadmap for the future. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been in the franchise business, it, it is, uh, it's another dimension, right? Because to your point, Peter, they're they're a customer, right? Um, all the technology I build, um, at least all the store technology I build, um, is for the is for the franchisee um, immediately, and then obviously for the consumer. So um, I actually enjoy it. You know, the um, franchisees are entrepreneurial. Um, they tend to be very innovative. They're very focused on their business. And as a technologist, that makes probably about the best partner you can get. Um, and and I have a, a technology advisory council made up of franchisees. I have one here at Wendy's. I had one at Domino's. I've, I've always had them. And and they provide extremely useful insight in, in at least two dimensions, if not more. One of them is, hey, what business problem should I use technology to solve, right? Because as a technologist, um, I think I can probably go solve just about any problem. That's probably not true, but at least I think I can, right? Um, and left on my own devices, I'll go solve problems because that's what I love to do, right? And I think all of us technologists love to go solve problems. But the the franchisees give us that direction to say, hey, this is a problem or this is an opportunity. How do you? How can you use technology? Because they're they're look, they're they're franchisees. They're not hardcore technologists. Most of them, some of them are. Um, you know, how do how do you use technology to do that? The other thing is um, I pilot a ton of technology in franchisees stores because their their tolerance for things not working is very, very low. Right. And um, I think that is is very important in the innovation um, product development cycle is, look, you know, the I, I'm very strong believer in a stage gate process. We use a stage gate process. We need to know as soon as possible um, whether what we're trying to do is going to bear fruit or not, and whether we should take it to the next stage. And putting it into, you know, uh, into production uh, in a franchise store uh, with real consumers coming in gives us almost instantaneous feedback. Now, I'm not saying if it, it, you, you throw it away immediately, but you're you've got a great feedback loop. Um, both from the franchisee who knows that business and the consumer who's coming in there, and I think um, if you can if you can iterate very quickly, which we are getting faster and faster on, we, I think is a core competency as well. Um, you can you can develop extremely fast in that environment, um, and and really just knock weeks, if not months, off of a product development cycle. So. I, I love working with franchisees. Most days it's great. Uh, every once in a while, they're a little little problematic, but that's okay. <laughs> they might say the same about you, Kevin, right? I'm sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, partnership uh, that I wanted to ask you about is the partnership, for example, between technology and restaurant ops and marketing as you think about the evolution of the mobile app and integrating product into it and so forth. You've alluded to 
to some of the innovations and thought processes there. Can you talk a bit about the way in which the different parts and pieces, um, you know, within the corporate structure work together in order to breathe uh, new life and, and, and innovation through the mobile app experience as well? Yeah, um, probably one of the harder things to do, um, I think. And I think a lot of companies um, don't get it right because it is hard, right? And again, I just go back to when it all works, it, it all looks um, kind of seamless um, and and the experiences um, are all working and the marketing and branding is working and the operations are all working. But I think, you know, below the surface, there's a lot of hard work going on there um, because you have to bring three really kind of disparate organizations. They're all they're all obviously aligned at the corporate goals. But, you know, sometimes there's competing priorities. Um, sometimes there's differences of opinion on, on on how to do things and bringing operations, marketing, and and however you do your digital, uh, whether that's 100% on the technology or, or a mix, together um, into a cross-functional team, to me, is absolutely positively essential to driving um, the, the consumer behavior in mobile uh, and creating those great experiences. And this is another one of those areas where, as I mentioned with the franchisees, if you can get into this fast iteration cycle, um, your productivity can skyrocket. I think the same thing there. Um, you know, once those three organizations start to work together, and um, they really get into the um, kind of the the brainstorming, iteration, development phase, all of a sudden, you know, you're the the uh, the pace of innovation uh, increases dramatically, um, and it, it literally becomes one team. Uh, not three separate teams working together. And and that's, to me, where the magic occurs. It's really, uh, it's quite difficult um, just from talking to my peers at other companies to get that that synergy. And uh, I don't know, I don't know there's a magic formula for it. Um, I just know when you see it, you're like, wow, that is, that's pretty cool. That's really great. You've already be, uh, mentioned a number of trends uh, that are you're passionate about. You mentioned artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, conversational AI. Uh, you know, you, you talked about edge computing and your partnership with Google. I, I wonder if you could take a moment and maybe talk, uh, you know, uh, talk about what, one of those maybe and talk a little bit more deeply about the application of some of these these uh, important technology trends and what you see as the value that Wendy's is likely to derive out of those. Oh, I'd love to. I, I love to talk about technology. You'll probably have to cut me off here. Um, I think, you know, my, my, I, I do, uh, I follow a lot of technology trends that we both do. You have to uh, in our business. But I think the one that, that's probably um, has remained uh, probably over the last couple of years, the most exciting for me is uh, conversational AI. Um, and to me, it, it starts with this fundamental premise that why don't we talk to our computers? You know, I mean, to me, you know, it, it just seems so intuitive, right? Um, but none of us do, or very few of us do. You know, we use we use our thumbs, or, or if you're a touch typist, I guess you use more than your thumbs. But I see so many people on on phones, and their speed they can get is amazing. But I'm like, why don't you just talk to your phone? You know, and so. I think when you when you when you think about okay, well, what if all the th all my interactions that I did with a computer, whether no matter what that computer is, whether it's your car, whether it's your mobile phone, whether it's your point of sale system, or your back office, what if all, if all of those communications I did every day, I actually actually just talk to the computer, and so when it 
at Wendy's, when we when we think about voice AI, um, we do think about very specific applications like voice AI in the drive-through, which quite honestly is a breakthrough technology, will revolutionize the industry. We're we're one of the leaders uh, in that area for sure, um, and it's going to change. It's going to change that business, right? Um, but we actually look at it as a platform, right? Because uh, that same technology I can use inside the restaurant for my operators, that same technology I can use for my consumers who are on a mobile phone, right? The fundamentals of that technology are the same. The application of it can be very, very different. So um, we take, a, a, I think, a slightly different approach uh, than some other people in that we're building a platform out, right? Um, some of the... Um, Voice interfaces we've built, uh, I, I, I'm not at liberty to talk about today, but seriously, if it's got a chip in it, I, we're willing to go see if we can make voice work on it. And some of the stuff we've made it work on, uh, we were kind of um, surprised. In fact, I uh, I will share part of a story with you. We uh, I was showing some franchisees um, some voice technology uh, just the other day and uh, had a Hispanic gentleman in the crowd. And he goes, does it speak Spanish? And I was like, I have the faintest idea. Why don't you ask it? And uh, because it, <laughs> the underlying um, dialogue flow from Google is is multilingual, he asked it to do something in Spanish, and it replied in Spanish and did it. So it's just it's just really um, I think we take again we take we try to take holistic approaches when we do a lot of this stuff. But um, that was a that was a nice little surprise, and uh, I do think. Um, I think just voice is the future of computing. Uh, clearly, there's some there's some problems with some use cases. I mean, there's there's ambient noise in the background. Clearly, I don't want uh, the guy sitting next to me on the plane uh, having a voice conversation with his phone, um, unless I got my earbuds in. You know, so there there are some there are some probably some some cases where. But I just think if you're if it's not your primary task, if you're doing something like working in a restaurant or, or working in a hospital or working, um, you know, uh, in a factory, um, just talking to a computer should should actually give us pretty significant productivity increases. We'll see. Yeah, very interesting. I, I appreciate that overview. Exciting times to come, to say the least. I'll look forward to seeing the application of that yeah, at, yeah. at Wendy's stores before too long. Um, yeah, I wanted to also ask you, Kevin, you've been for, for more than two decades a CTO or CIO. You've been a global chief information officer four times over at major organizations. Um, and I wonder, you know, as you reflect on your career, are there any sort of secrets to your success that you might highlight, uh, especially maybe for somebody who's younger than you who might wish to follow in your footsteps in one way, shape or form? What, what comes to mind? Um, I think one of the things that comes to mind is that... Um, I coach and mentor a lot of young people um, because I was coached and mentored quite a bit um, as I was developed in the career. So I think whatever level of success you get, um, you you owe it back to the community to contribute back. And, and I know you participate in the in, in like events. Um, uh, I don't know if that's the secret to my success, but I do think that look. Um, Technology is a people business. Um, it, it, there's there's a lot of ones and zeros there, but at the end of the day, it's people business. And I think uh, for us technologists, to just acknowledge that. Look, at the end of the day, it's it's people that are doing all this. Um, is is a is a huge um, benefit. It's maybe even competitive advantage uh, for for some people who, who won't look at that way. I do think the other thing. Um, 
and and uh, people much smarter than I have said this is, look, you have to have a passion for whatever you're doing. Um, I think people who are passionate, I don't know if, whether you're an artist or uh, an automobile mechanic or whatever, you can see the passion come through in their work product. And, and I'm very passionate about technology. I'm very passionate about what technology can do for the business. So um, I think finding your passion and, you know, the beauty of technology is it's so broad now. I mean, you know, it's everything from machine learning to uh, networking to compute. I mean, there, to development, to operations. I mean, the, 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 the field of technology is so much broader than when I started in this profession. So I would just say, you know, somewhere in there, find where your passion's at. And um, if you get up too many days and you're not enjoying what you're doing, you probably should try to find something else to do because life's too short, right? Very well said. I appreciate those reflections. Well, Kevin Vasconi, thank you so much for joining me today on Technovation. Wonderful insights from across your career. Of course, the specifics of the great work you and your team are doing at Wendy's. Uh, so much for us to look forward to in terms of innovations that are right around the corner as well. Thank you so much for a great conversation. Thanks, Peter. It's a pleasure talking to you.